Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Hello and welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week I wanted to talk about when it would make sense to pay off your rental property, the mortgage on the property that is. How about we start tackling this by thinking about what the different things we could do to pay down the property would be and then reverse and say when that would make sense and when it wouldn't. I know one of the first ones I was thinking about was, you know, people do like the partial payments, so they, they, or it's a partial pay down. So they'll go in, pay down a large chunk of the mortgage, it's like, oh, well, we can pay down like 15% or 20% every year, so we're going to pay a big chunk down against the mortgage. And the thought behind it is that, you know, you're building all this equity, right, but you're not actually getting to you're not actually getting to get the money out of the property. Like there's, it doesn't improve your cash flow. So doing this isn't actually, it doesn't actually improve your cash flow until the property is actually paid off. So the purpose, I guess, is just your peace of mind that you have all this equity in the property. But if you have cash to do this, would it not make more sense to go buy a second property to move up your cash flow rather than to pay down the property. I know there's other ways that you can do this and some of it would be like to, you could move your payments up to bi-weekly so you end up getting a few extra payments every year. Yeah, once again, you're, you're just putting more money into your equity. And I guess it depends on what part you are or what stage you're at in your growth. But if you're just, if you're, I, I kind of sort of, let's just break it down. I sort of break it down into like two like levels when you're like, or not levels, but progression spots when you're doing your investment in real estate and off the start in my opinion you should be leveraging as much as you can refinancing and getting the money in order to make more money with that money and i would say have a goal that's related to having a certain number amount of cash flow by a certain date maybe a certain number of properties you should have so once you hit these goals you know you're done you're not you're done the growth stage or the leverage refi stage and you're ready to move on to like the second stage, which in my opinion would be like to remove the debts. So this is when you're like close to your retirement and you, you, I just, you just want the, the comfortableness of not having these large debts on your, on your portfolio that you, you may not be able to even, if these are Canadian properties, be able to requalify for uh, whenever you're doing your like, you know, renewal. Uh, the properties I've been getting in the states, you don't have to do this renewal process. You can go sign a 30-year mortgage that actually lasts 30 years, so it's not the same um, thing to have to worry about. So let's get back to the the, the refi refi stage and the growth stage of your, your your career. So when you're doing this and you're just you're using all the the credit you can get your hands on and refinancing money out of your property so you can keep buying more and more properties. It actually works that you'll get more money. I, I read an article today, and it was saying, oh, if you pay down your mortgage, then your cash flow will increase. So you got $100,000 left remaining on your mortgage. You could take that that money and pay down the mortgage, and it'll move your cash flow from 500 bucks to 800 bucks a month. Or you could take that $100,000 and go buy three to five more properties, and you just earned $400 or $500 in cash flow per property, and you're way ahead by having more properties, the more leverage on, on the properties, even if you're paying a high interest rate. One of the things you're actually going to hurt is your debt-to-income ratio, which is a lot more important in Canada than in the United States. 
for taxes, when you're doing this, it actually creates uh, a lot more interest, which you have a lot more write-offs, which means you get a lot, a lot larger return, and you can write off a lot more of your the property when you're doing it through the in the leverage stage. Like I said just a minute ago, it'll help your cash flow, so you're going to create a lot more cash flow from leveraging your properties than paying them down. So back to the, the second stage, when you, you finally you've hit your goals, you're all happy, um, I'm ready to start paying everything down. I've gotten to uh, the adequate amount of properties. I'm, I would suggest to focus on one property at a time. The, the reason I'm saying one property at a time is, going back to my original point, is if you go and you're spreading out, you're just paying down a whole bunch of properties, but you don't actually pay any of them off, you don't actually increase your cash flow, which actually hinders your ability to pay down the mortgages. So say you find which mortgage do you have that has the least amount of debt on it? So it has like, oh, we got $50,000, say, on this one mortgage. We're just going to focus on paying that mortgage down. Once that mortgage is paid down, you're instantly going to jump to uh, a point where you're making an extra, I don't know, 300 bucks a month in cash flow because you don't, part of that is mortgage. Say you have a $300 mortgage on the property. All of a sudden, you, that's gone. You can take that $300 and now compound it, right? So you have more cash flow pay down the next property because of from paying one down completely rather than taking instead of paying down $50,000 on that one property you pay down like $5,000 or $10,000 on all your properties it didn't actually change anything you're still making the same payments on everything and also you give it, it gets you a good win if you actually get one of your mortgages paid off it's a, you'll, you'll feel good forget actually getting one of them done your debt to income ratio will actually improve so when you're paying down each of these properties, all of a sudden you're you're going to have less debt load and it'll make your ratio easier. So it'll make it easier to buy uh, properties in Canada. No matter what, your, your cash flow is just going to continue to grow. So once you pay down a property, your, your cash flow will grow. Another point about being, when you're paying this down, you actually are going to affect your credit score, which a lot of people aren't going to think about. But your credit score is going to take the hit because the banks have factored in that they're going to make this much money set amount like a thousand dollars or two thousand or four thousand off you every year and have that all budgeted in if you go and pay these off you can start paying down extra payments on top of what your actual schedule is it's actually going to make your credit score go down because that's not what they want you're going to decrease the amount of interest you have to write off so you actually will end up paying more taxes like uh, during the growth stage when you're buying properties you probably aren't even going to be paying income tax because you'll have so many uh, um, acquisition costs and everything else that hopefully you can write it off, especially if you're buying in the States. They have a lot of extra write-offs and um, special things for LLCs. That's I'm going to have the accountant on the show in the next few weeks. You know, he can talk to that. But on to like another idea, like when you're trying to pay down, like when you're trying to remove the mortgages, is to use a, a line of credit in conjunction with the actual mortgage to pay it down. I might actually do a full episode on this, but super basic is that you can take the line of credit and just pay down an extra like $1,000 on your mortgage, have the rents from the properties refund uh, the line of credit, so back to like a zero balance or close to. And that's the difference between uh, simple interest and the interest that the banks use. And by using this technique, you'll actually shave like a lot of years off your life. There's a lot of people that wrote books on this. And to get on to the final stage would be the like the retire stage. My main point is to not sell anything. The point of one of the points to all this is to like create legacy wealth that'll last 
for you and for your kids and your kids' kids. You, you don't want to sell this. I've had like many people when I'm telling, oh yeah, I'm buying this, I'm buying this, I'm buying this. They said, and then what, what's the exit strategy? When are you selling? Well, ideally never. I will probably refinance and get my money out of the property, but I don't really plan to sell. And this isn't to be confused with, I am selling my properties in Canada. But the reason is that I can sell one and buy five in the States. So it's um, economies of scale. I can do much more with the money down there. Once you get to this point where you have, you have, you've had your, you're starting to pay down your debts and everything else, you're going to want to put extra protection on the property. So you're probably going to want to move the properties into a trust. And that actually makes it much easier to convert to your children for tax purposes. I think I got through all my points that I wanted to talk about on this. Please feel free to put some comments below and I would love to comment back with you. I wanted to start doing like these little uh, tips of the week and this is totally off topic. I found that a lot of people actually didn't know this super simple tip. I had to do it whenever I was just trying to pay my insurance in the States. But the same thing happens when you just want to buy gas at the, in the States where the, uh, they ask you for your zip code whenever you're trying to use a credit card that's uh, like a pre-auth credit card where you're just swiping it at the pump or they're trying to take your credit card on the phone. And if your uh, credit card is registered to a Canadian address, it's going to have a postal code instead of a zip code. So the way you actually type this into the gas pump or tell your insurance company to run your credit card is you use all of the numbers that are in the credit card and then you add two zeros to the end. So say your postal code was uh, A1B2C3, then your, your uh, zip that you would type in on the pumps or to the credit card or to the, anyone who's trying to run a card on your bill. A bill on your card would be 12300. Anyway, just a little tip for you. Like I said before, if you have any questions, just send me an email, uh, glenn at glensutherland.com. Go to the website, glensutherland.com, or check out the YouTube, iTunes, or Stitcher channel to uh, subscribe. Thanks for your time, everyone. I'll talk to you next week.